Welcome to Bills Tonight Digital. Maddie Glab here with Bills legend Steve Tasker and the Buffalo Bills fall to the Kansas City Chiefs with a final score of 42 to 36. The Kansas City Chiefs are moving on to the AFC Championship game and the Buffalo Bills will prepare for next season. A heartbreaking loss, but it came down to the final seconds of this one. It went into overtime. A wild, wild game. Just when you thought it was out of reach, here come the Buffalo Bills to tie it up and send it, take the lead, and then the Kansas City Chiefs send it into overtime. Then the Kansas City Chiefs end up winning with that final score of 42 to 36. Steve, we were talking about this game as we were watching it finish up, and you had a comment with the Buffalo Bills' last drive to take that lead toward the end of the game. You said that drive alone changes the offseason for this team, and I thought that was such a great point by you. If they wouldn't have came back like that and led that 17-play drive, that epic drive where they converted third down after third down after after third down, a couple fourth down conversions in there as well to put a touchdown on the board. Gabe Davis again, four touchdowns on the night for him. Why do you think that drive was just so important for how this team goes into the offseason? Again, heartbreaking loss, but they can go into the offseason knowing that they played their best game. The last two drives coming down where they were trailing by two and then ended up scoring, scoring and then scoring again to get the lead back after Mahomes came back down the field. Um, it, it really says about something about where they're at offensively. They, uh, they've got the firepower. Josh Allen made an enormous national statement uh, last, tonight uh, with, his, with his play. Uh, but that changes the narrative, I think, from a team who just isn't good enough yet to a team that, you know, you can, you can make the case that this game was lost on the coin flip in overtime. Um, that's how good both these offenses were, and that's how Josh Allen went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Pat Mahomes and had him down. Um, you know, if you think 13 seconds and three timeouts, there's a lot of things that can happen, and the Chiefs proved it and, and uh, got that game to overtime. So that, that does this game for a loss. This game really sets the Bills up to be taken very seriously once again this next year, sets them up to be one of those teams that, you know, uh, you don't want any part of. Um, there's no question Josh Allen has established himself as an elite quarterback uh, in the NFL, and that's going to continue. Josh Allen completed over 72% of his passes for 329 yards, four passing touchdowns by him, an epic day by wide receiver Gabe Davis. And the offensive line did their part, did their job toward the end of the game when the Bills scored and scored and scored there to push the game to the end. Uh, we're going to send it over to center Mitch Morse, who's answering questions from the media right now. Hey, Mitch, can you just take us through the last two minutes of that game, three touchdowns between both teams and then overtime? Um, yeah, I think when when we you know when the teams had to execute, two very good football teams executed. Um, you know, I feel like it was one of those things that if it felt like whoever had the ball last was gonna win the game. And uh, you know, we just ended up on the wrong side of maybe one of the greatest games in postseason history. So um, devastated in that locker room. Um, very proud of our guys. But that last two minutes of football was something special. You can't write it in movies. It was uh, it's remarkable. It was, I was honored to be a part of it. Um, yeah, Mitch, if you could, uh, you mentioned it's a heartbroken locker room right now. The way that 
that played out, I mean, it was boom, 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 very fast. Is Can you put it into perspective right away here? What, what you guys lost in that moment? Well, what we lost in that moment was an opportunity to, um, you know, want to continue our season, but continue our season at home. Um, you know, turnover in this league and in this game is uh, it's part of the business. So that was the last time that this team and this group of guys was out competing with each other. Um, so we absolutely know what we lost, and that's why um, this locker room is hurt. Obviously, you, you're not going to throw anybody on the bus. It's a team game. But how hard is the defense taking this after a game like this where they, they struggle so much? Defense should be proud. Um, we, you know, we love those guys. So I'm not here to set point anything. Like you said, um, you know, uh, to be honest, I find that a little bit, you know, you can't put this on one person, you know, or one unit. So for us, we could have put more points on the board, you know, that we had, you know, we only had forced, <laughs> we had three and out to open up the third quarter after they ran the ball, you know, ran the clock. Um, you know, we only had four plays in the third quarter, I believe. So um, maybe we had that opportunity to give our defense a break. It would have been a different game. So uh, like you said, you know, it's, we're not in the nature of name or finger pointing unless it's intrinsically. Thanks, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Um, look, obviously you've got a great quarterback in your locker room, but you also played with the guy that won the game tonight. And how, how tough is it to realize that, this guy is going to be standing in your way for, for a long time, and you've got to get past him. And now you're zero two in the postseason against him. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's a great football player. You know, from top to bottom, that organization's run well. Um, we felt like we had the pieces to compete, and um, you know, for us, it's just about executing. So. Um, yeah, he's a great player, and don't see him going anywhere anytime soon. So, um, you know, we, we look forward to the next opportunity. Have you ever been involved in a game where a team had 13 seconds to move whatever it was, yards, to get a field goal? I mean, that seemed almost impossible, yet he did it. Uh, yeah, I think um, when we lost in 2018 or maybe even 2019 to the uh, – to the uh, New England Patriots in the AFC Championship game, we had to in Kansas City. We you know, it was a similar situation. We had to go down and put it in overtime. I think we did. Um, you just know when that quarterback and that offense uh, is at the helm, you can't. Uh, you know the game's not over. So uh, they executed, and uh, that's why they're continuing, and we're not. Okay, thanks, Mitch. You're welcome. Mitch, Pat Freeman from the beat, uh, 105.5. Uh, just building on what Sal said, I know you've played uh, with both of those quarterbacks. Uh, have you ever been part of a game, especially uh, with the emergence of Josh Allen? Um, how great was he uh, from your vantage point today? Josh is a remarkable competitor. Um, he willed us on a few of those fourth downs and extending those drives to even put us in the position. So we're not, a, we're not the same team without Josh Allen. And uh, it's not even close. I uh, just, uh, just, I mean, I wish you guys could have been in that, that fourth down. I think it was the first fourth down, uh, conversion to, 
done that, you know, minute and some change. Uh, it was just a, a lot of love guys saying they loved each other. Let's execute. Let's do this for each other. It was, and it was Josh at the helm. So, um, you know, it's a really tight knit group, a lot of love. And, uh, you know, the unfortunate thing is we're not going to take the field as a unit, the same unit. And, uh, I think that's, what's most heartbreaking. All right. Thanks for the question. Great game, uh, Mitch. I, I realize it's disappointing, but one of the best games I've seen. Absolutely. I appreciate you. Thank you, Mitch. That's all for tonight. All right. You can see it in Mitch Morse's eyes and through his comments. Definitely a bummed group. Uh, they have a lot to be proud of what they put on the field tonight, especially in the second half of that game, going toe-to-toe -to -toe with one of the best teams in the NFL. Uh, the game that Josh Allen had, I mean, to put together what he put together, four passing touchdowns last week, he had five. Uh, again, close to a perfect passer rating, 68 rushing yards by him. If you look at his stats and Patrick Mahomes' stats, they are almost identical with what they were able to do tonight. But what impressed you so much about Josh Allen and his willingness to put it on the line throughout the entire game? I think the end of the game, and these are the er this is early in the go early going first quarter. He took came out, and took a couple of quick uh, quick completions to Devin Singletary, uh, drove him right down the, the field, used his running ability to convert third downs. They were, uh, you know, they're three of three on third down, I think, on that drive, or two of two. can't remember. I think the Chiefs were three of three on their first drive. You know, it's just uh, real methodical. And I think one of the things about it, uh, as this game wore on, he got more and more confident and it really showed his ability to stretch the ball down the field uh, and make pinpoint passes. Um, this entire game, Josh played like someone a lot of people never thought he could play like. Uh, we, now, of course, Bills fans have seen it all year and, and all of last year as well. But this was uh, in the playoffs when it counted most win and go home, and he brought him back 37 seconds left uh, to take the lead. Is pretty big. That was uh, it was 37 seconds left in that quarter, but 13 seconds left in the game to take the lead. That's that's pretty impressive. And I don't think you can watch that game and not think that both those quarterbacks deserve um, a large amount of the credit for how it went. Yeah, I mean, they take the lead 29-26 to 26 with that big 17-play drive that went 75 yards and took seven minutes off the I mean, time. One of the things about that game, too, is neither team turned it over. As you can see on the sidebar there, neither team turned the football over in this game. No lost fumbles. Each team had a fumble and got it back, and neither quarterback threw an interception. No tipped pass interceptions, not even a cheap interception, you know, not even the one uh, – Really a, a well-played football game by both teams. Yeah, definitely. And that stretch towards the end of the game, that 17-play drive that I was just talking about, they score. Then, then the Chiefs score in 52 seconds. Then the Bills score in 49 seconds. And then the Chiefs kick a field goal with those 13 seconds left to send it into overtime. But Gabe Davis was so important in this game. We knew that the Chiefs would be on players like Stefan Diggs and even Dawson Knox at times. Uh, but it seemed like Gabe Davis was the answer for this offense when they needed to look for someone. Why was he so important? 
Why was he open? How was he able to make the plays that he did tonight? Well, I think one of the things is they said, listen, if Gabe, Steph Diggs isn't going to beat us, mm-hmm. and we don't want Dawson Knox to beat us, and we're going to we're kind of getting full of Devin Singletary. If Dave, if Gabe Davis can beat us, well, we might be able to take it. Well, he did. He almost did. Uh, four touchdown passes. He consistently got open. He was really efficient. A lot of targets, and I think he caught made perhaps every target, if not all, but most of them. Uh, the guy really had a phenomenal night. And Josh, and we've seen it, uh, Gabe Davis is dependable, and he always seems to be open when you need him the most. And the touchdown uh, with 154 to play to put the Bills up 20, I believe it's 29 to 26 mm-hmm. with a two-point conversion, it was phenomenal. Uh, just unbelievable. He is a fun player to watch, watching that connection with Josh Allen throughout the entire game, some of the catches that he made, some of Josh's throws that he had over to Gabe Davis, uh, just peak football right there. Uh, A lot of the drives at the end of the game were just so fun to watch, amazing football that you were watching, two really great teams. did you want to see Stefan Diggs a little bit more in this one, or do you think he was just well, tied up too much? He had three receptions for seven yards. He did catch that two-point conversion, which was huge, and the Bills needed that. Um, but do you think it's more on how the Chiefs guarded him or, or how the Bills were maybe looking at other receivers? I think perhaps maybe that was one of the lulls that the Bills offense went through when they came out after halftime. They said, let's see if we can get Steph involved, and the Chiefs just weren't having it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's one of the things that – you know, you've got to kind of stay away from if 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 the Chiefs are going to invest some assets defensively into stopping one guy, you got to have other guys step up. And we and we saw with Gabe Davis when the chips came down, they said, "Listen, we got to hit somebody." And Steph's being taken away, and they finally got away from him. And perhaps they got caught up in trying to get Steph involved, uh, but you know, it's hard to. It's hard to really find any fault with the way this game ended, with those going going down and, and scoring. You know, a couple of late touchdowns to get it in to get give yourself the lead, uh, particularly with 13 seconds left um, on the road in Arrowhead. Um, so yeah, that uh, there, that might have been some of the reasons they struggled in the middle of the game trying to get it to certain guys. I doubt that's the case, but it might be one explanation. Well, the Chiefs gained 552 total yards of offense in this one, and Patrick Mahomes threw for three touchdowns. He rushed in for one. Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, they combined for big-time yards. Tyreek Hill had 150 receiving yards and a touchdown. Travis Kelsey had 96 receiving yards and a touchdown. The last AFC championship game between these two teams, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey combined for 290 total yards. A similar performance for both of those guys tonight. The Chiefs put up big points, 42 points. We knew we knew points were going to be scored in this game, but 42 is a huge number for the Chiefs. They also scored over 40 last week. What was it about the Bills' defense that they just had a tough time stopping Mahomes, stopping guys like Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and even Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at times? They lost leverage a lot of times. I thought they, they kind of felt like they treated, particularly Tyreek, uh, they treated Tyreek like a guy that they could kind of hem in and stuff, and he would outrun the angle, and they didn't believe he could outrun the angle. They would get leverage on him. He would hesitate, and they would hesitate, and he would then outrun the angle on him. He does that. He did that constantly, and so did Mecole Hardman in this game. He did it as well. So the Bills had a hard time 
hemming in the speed of the Kansas City uh, wideouts. Um, their pass rush, they got two sacks for eight yards. One of them was a run out of bounds by Mahomes. The other one, they got him down in the, in the, in the, uh, in the pocket for a seven-yard loss but, or a six-yard loss. But that's you know, something you've got to do. The first guy to the ball has to make the tackle. And the Bills, all too often, were, were unable to do anything more than get a hand on a guy right when he got the ball or, or, or when they had the chance to get close enough. I think their, their inability to get those guys on the ground when they caught the ball mm-hmm. was the difference in this game. Yeah, and it's a pick-your-poison po- type of style that you have to play on defense because if you send a blitz at Mahomes, he's likely going to escape from that blitz. Patrick Mahomes is very good against the blitz statistically, and we know in week five the Bills didn't blitz Patrick Mahomes at all. They end up winning that game, but it's almost like if you pick to blitz or not, you're going to have problems on the back end because they have so many different weapons with Patrick's legs with guys like Travis Kelsey, who's a complete mismatch along with Tyreek Hill. Right. Um, Well, they're a great offense. Tyreek Hill is a difference maker because of his great speed and is also his explosion. His ability to stop and accelerate and change directions is is unmatched in the league. He's a hard matchup problem. There's nobody. I don't think there's anybody in the league that can take him one on one and cover him up. So you've got to assign a couple of guys to him, top and bottom. Plus, you've got to keep somebody behind him because he'll take the top off the defense. So you got to keep a safety over the top. Kelsey is so smooth and they use him so well. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because Kansas City's offense, they use the same three or four weapons all the time. The Bills will use five or six weapons throughout the game to put you in a bind. Cole Beasley was a factor tonight. Gabe Davis, of course. Devin Singletary. Dawson Knox. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie was used some. So they, you know, they use a lot of – Emmanuel Sanders made an, an incredibly important catch in this game. So they've got a ton of guys that they run through that they use in different ways. The Chiefs stick with their three or four guys, and they roll with those guys. And Mahomes, with his ability to buy time, allows them to do that because even if their offensive line is beat and they've got one or two guys covered up, the extension of the play by Mahomes gives them the ability to still use those same four guys and just use them any way they want. Well, the Bills got knocked out of the playoffs last season by the Chiefs. Second year in a row that they get knocked out of the playoffs by the Chiefs. And they went into the offseason last year saying, we have to put pieces in place in free agency, in the draft, within our lineup, so that we can beat the Kansas City Chiefs. That is the team to beat. They beat them in the regular season this year but they couldn't beat them in the playoffs. So how do you think this team goes into the season once again trying to figure out how you can beat the Kansas City Chiefs? They figured out how to do that. I mean, you've got to play well on game day. The Bills did that. They played well enough to to win this game. And, you know, if you come down to you can make the argument the coin flip won the game for the Chiefs. If the Bills win that coin flip, you've got to feel really confident Mm -hmm. they can go down the field again and score a touchdown. So – and I felt, and I've said it publicly, they were good enough to beat them last year. But the Bills played bad at the AFC Championship game, and the Chiefs played great. The Bills didn't play as well as they'd been playing for two months. The Chiefs played, played better than they had for two months, and they win the game. And, and they deserve to. Tonight, you saw how close these two teams are. The Bills do not need to revamp anything. Certainly both these clubs will make some changes to the roster. That's the way it happens every, through every offseason. The Bills will have some guys into contracts, out of contracts. But the, the thought is they're going to they're gonna try and get better this offseason. And, and every team will. But they have gotten to this point. There's no reason for them 
to revamp or change or be disappointed in the way their roster came together. They had everything they needed to go do exactly what they wanted. But they ran into a really good team. They pushed that team to overtime. And, you know, their offense got the ball last. I mean, the coin flip, you lose the coin flip twice in this game, and that's it. So, yeah, the Bills will should feel, in my opinion, very good about moving forward this roster and everybody in it. Uh, the changes that will happen, yes, you got to upgrade your roster wherever you can, as always. They always do that. But this is a club that has every reason to think they are doing things the right way to con- and should continue to do that exact thing going forward. Yeah, definitely. Do you think this team can go into the offseason with their heads hung high, feeling good about the game that they put together? Do you think <clears throat> facets of this game, players in this game, will go into the offseason with plans in place to, to get better, uh, position groups, whether they need to fix some things to get better? I do agree. I think this makeup, this roster, this is the type of roster that can get you into the Super Bowl. Josh Allen is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. We have some of the best wide receivers. We have some of the best depth. Dawson Knox showed up this year. Devin Singletary had a great end to the season, and the defense was the number one total defense and scoring defense in the NFL. It didn't necessarily show up tonight, but you play the Chiefs. You say that well, let's see somebody else play this yeah. team. You know, I mean, they, they hung 40 points on the last team they played. Uh, they're hanging – and the Bills hung 47 on the number two defense last week in, in, here in Buffalo. Um, I think the one thing about these two teams, I think for Buffalo, if you want to look at this season, see where you can improve, you improve in the regular season. That means you show up when you play Jacksonville. Yeah. And you don't slip and fall in Tennessee on the quarterback sneak. And you can say, okay, if the, the official would have done his job in Tampa Bay, we might have won that. And all of these games that we're talking about, they're here in Buffalo. That's really the only thing left for the Bills to do. Play well enough in the regular season on a down-to-down, week-to-week basis so that games of this magnitude are in front of the Bills Mafia instead of the Kansas City Arrowhead faithful. Yeah, and Brandon Bean, the GM of the Buffalo Bills, said it last season going into the offseason. Our goal is to host an AFC championship game. The Buffalo Bills were so close to doing that tonight, um, almost getting a win against the Kansas City Chiefs. And it's not like the Chiefs were spectacular throughout the regular season either. I mean, they started off pretty slow. They had big-time issues in their defense to start the season. They were allowing 31 points a game, and they were allowing teams to score in the red zone almost almost 80% of the time in the first five weeks of the season, they were able to figure it out and then down the stretch were one of the best defenses in terms of taking the ball away and allowing points. But also on offense for the Chiefs in the beginning of the season, defenses had them figured out for those first couple of games. It seemed like it was tough for, for Mahomes and for his offense to put points together. They were able to turn it around and make it work. Uh, but they even went through a tough stretch, too, in the regular season. Yeah, they were. I think both these teams, uh, the Chiefs got off to a very slow start. They were 3-4 and four through the first seven games. And then they finished and caught their stride, obviously, mm-hmm. like you mentioned. And, and they finished strong, and, and now they're in the AFC Championship game. The Bills started out okay. They were 0-1, and, and then they were 4-1 they were to begin the season. So they kind of found themselves and were playing good football. But they were, they were inconsistent. Uh, they they hung up a couple of shutouts early in the season on some inferior opponents, and then the Bills went through a rocky patch as well. I think one of the things that's a hallmark for both these clubs, the Chiefs and the Bills, 
they started playing their best football within the last month. And they felt like they were getting better every week and playing even better, and they got more confidence each week. And that's why this game turned out the way it did. 36-42 in overtime, the Chiefs win it. I think these are two teams that are playing just razor-sharp football right now. Uh, it's a shame the Bills have to go home, but the Chiefs, uh, they're, I, I'll be interested to see how Cincinnati goes in there and plays next week. Now, they did it earlier in the season. They beat them 34-31 in that building, and it was within the last month and a half. It was the last time the Chiefs lost in Arrowhead. It was a month within the last month to the, the Cincinnati Bengals. I'll be interested to see how they play because the Chiefs that we saw tonight are much different than the Chiefs we saw in the first half of the season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, 42 points, the way that they were able to score, the way that they scored last week, they they put up five touchdowns uh, in less than 12 minutes. They have the pieces, and so do the Bills, to be able to score at will when they want, when they need to. We saw the Bills down the stretch, certainly in the in the beginning of the game there, uh, points were tough to come by. They go into the locker room tied 14-14. Um, they score on the first drive, but then punt on the next two and score a touchdown right before the end of the first half and then come out of the locker room and punt with a three and out and then we're able to get some scoring drives together. But the way that Josh Allen is able to play when the minutes matter, when the game matters, there aren't a lot of quarterbacks in this league that can put together that 17-play drive that I think had five third-down conversions, two fourth-down conversions. He is in. He is one of few who can be able to what be you able can, to do what he did towards the end of I'd that game. I'd be shocked if there were five. Yeah. Two of them were in this game tonight. A hundred percent. Yeah, that it was a phenomenal game because of the two guys pulling the trigger. Josh Allen, I mean, emerged as an undisputed elite quarterback in the National Football League. You can say whatever you want about anything. Uh, he has silenced anybody who would criticize him with that performance tonight. The guy is an elite player. That doesn't mean he's going to throw for four touchdowns and no interceptions and 73% of his passes every game, but you know that's in the tank in a playoff game in the most hostile of environments. Uh, when the chips were down, the guy came up with two 75-yard drives, a 17-play drive, and then the second one. A one play. Uh, th- no, there was a six-play drive that left with with uh, 20, 13 seconds left on the clock. Uh, yeah, that's that's shutting some people up. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just that's just, you can't play better than the two quarterbacks in this game just played. They were unbelievable, both of them. I mean, they were down twenty-three to fourteen with five minutes left to go, and or two minutes left to go in the third quarter. And what does Brian Dable dial up? He dials up a. On first down, let alone a 75-yard shot down the field to Gabe Davis for a touchdown to make it a two-point game. That is a gutsy call. That is a call that you make when you really trust your quarterback to make a play and really trust your receiver to be there. And and then it's a game. I mean, at four, 23 to 14 against the Kansas City Chiefs with just a couple minutes left in the third quarter, you can easily start to think, uh, maybe it's not our night. This game, yeah. this game could be over. But no, the Bills get the ball and they score in 10 seconds. The thing in the beginning of the game was the drives were eating up the clock. Right. Each team only had a couple possessions. The first, hour, the in first, the first half, half of the game half. took an hour and 15 or hour yeah. and 20 minutes, uh, which is unusual for a three three hours and 10 minute playoff game. Uh, and I thought that was interesting by the Chiefs too. They 
stayed on the field. They had an 11-play drive, a 12-play drive, a 13-play drive. Uh, and, and the 13 play was right at the beginning of the second half. So really, it was a long time before the Buffalo Bills got back on the field. Then they had a five-play drive, a seven-play drive, a four-play drive, a five-play drive. You know, uh, So they were really hard to get off the field offensively. You think they're this big play offense, and they were at times tonight. But getting them off the field was really the crucial element. You didn't care if you gave up yards or anything, just – if you could just get them off the field without scoring points. And the Bills couldn't do that. And they couldn't get them off the field and save time for Josh Allen, the offense, to come back out and, and find themselves. So it was pretty amazing game. Uh, the Chiefs and the, and the time of possessions and all that, it was, yeah, was really amazing. Yeah, the Chiefs held the ball for about 10 more minutes than the Buffalo Bills. And I know we all want to hear what Coach McDermott has to say after this one, after this wild game. So let's send it over to him. He's answering questions from the media right now. Coach, um, uh, this is Pat Freeman from The Beat, 105.5. Can you hear me? Yes, I can, Pat. Coach, have you ever been a part of a game like that? And how great a performance uh, of two quarterbacks, especially uh, your quarterback? I, I, that it had to be one of the greatest performances I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, Pat, it was a tremendous uh, effort by Josh. Um, and, you know, they made a couple more plays than we did, obviously, down the stretch there. And um, a tremendous job by Josh. Uh, the guys played as they played their guts out. And we got to do a couple, got to execute a little bit better in the last couple plays there. And um, so I appreciate the way the guys battled. My last question to you, Coach, uh, what is the feeling in the locker room uh, right now? Uh, what, what are the, the feelings of your players uh, to be in a game of that nature? Yeah, this is, um, you know, Chiefs are a good football team. And, um, you know, we knew it was going to take a heck of an effort coming out here. And uh, I thought the guys gave us that effort. You know, starting with Josh and all the way down the line. And, uh, you know, we got to obviously do some things better. But, you know, those guys are, they're hurt. We're disappointed. We're all disappointed. Um, we're all hurt, sick to our stomach. Um, so, um, you know, you move on and you try and get yourself, get yourself to learn from it. And but it stings. It, it, it stings. I'm not going to sh- sugarcoat it. It stings. Thank you, coach. Thank you. Hi, Coach. Uh, Adam Benini. Uh, you had mentioned you needed to execute a little bit better down the stretch, obviously. I mean, it's it's punch and counterpunch there uh, through the end of regulation and into overtime. Um, you know, 13 seconds, they went down the field, tied the game. I, I guess assess in in those scenarios where you think you came up short from an execution standpoint. Yeah, I don't want to really get into specifics, um, Adam, uh, with respect to your question. Just overall, you know, there's there's things we talked about and um, we can just execute better. And, and that starts with me and and uh, goes all the way down. So um, I don't want to get into specifics right now. I'm really proud of the guys and their effort. Um, you know, obviously they made a couple of plays down the stretch. Um, so I'll just I'll just leave it at that right now. What? 
I think you've shared part of this, but what message did you send them in the locker room after the game? Yeah, it's, you know, I just said, hey, we got a, you know, great effort and I'm proud of all of them. And, um, you know, these guys, these guys came through a lot. They really did. And to come out here and um, the game come down to, you know, pretty much 13 seconds. Um, you know, I think they're all, they all feel the same way I do. We're all sick to our stomach and it hurts. We work really hard to get here, number one. And um, I know the fans are disappointed and uh, I wish I could take that off of them. You know, I wish I could take it, take it off of the team. Right. And, um, but we can't. And, um, you know, what doesn't kill you should only make you stronger. And I think this should make us stronger. And it's going to take some time, um, but it should make us stronger. Thank you, Sean. Hey, Sean, um, you know, the, your quarterback played an outstanding game, obviously, and he's one of the best in the league. But you've got a guy in Mahomes who, and, I, and you know this, he is the obstacle. And, and you guys have had a tough time clearing that here in the postseason twice in a row. Just how tough is it knowing that, you know, like Brady in New England for all those years, this guy is going to be in your way and you've got to, you've got to get past him. Yeah, so that's the reality of the situation, right? Um, it is, it's the reality of our situation and, and we've got to continue to work to, to beat him, uh, give them the credit. Uh, he made a couple of plays down the stretch he, and he had a great game as was mentioned early, earlier. Um, it's what great players do. They make big plays and, and big moments of big games and he made big plays and, um, you know, but again, I'm, I'm proud of the way the guys fought. They battled, uh, you know, so we've got to continue to adjust and work on becoming a better team and, and then our execution as well. And if I could ask you too, when you look at the stat sheet, is it jarring to see that Steph had three catches for seven yards? Yeah. I mean, he's obviously one of our best players and, um, you know, we've got to make sure we're getting him the ball, but at the end of the day, we scored, you know, to, to take the lead with 13 seconds left. So, um, there's a lot we can talk about, but, um, we put ourselves in a position to win the game. Okay. Thanks, Sean. Sure. Hey, Sean, it's Mike Catalana. Um, I know it's 13 seconds. It sounds crazy, but did you consider a squib kick there? Would that have made a difference? Or how do you think about those plays? I mean, it's only 13, but maybe to waste a little more time, was that ever considered? Yeah, we talk about a lot of things, Mike. Um, I'm just going to leave it at the execution, and, and that starts with me. And back to, just to your defense on Mahomes, it seems like you've been a really good tackling team the second half of the year. Was that the biggest issue with defensively today? Just not not just him, but getting those guys to the ground. Yeah, you got to tackle well against this against this offense. They've got great speed. Um, you know, a five yard catch can turn into a into a fifty yard fifty yard uh, run after catch. So when I mean, you saw the one, and we were in two man. Um, uh, I think after this, the second to last touchdown on our offense, when we went up a little bit there and, and Tyreek made a play um, and then, you know, he took it to the house. So that's, um, they challenge you defensively um, because of the speed that they have on offense. Thank you, Sean. Sure.
Sean, it's Jay with the Buffalo News. Did you consider kicking it short or maybe kicking it to the goal line after that final touchdown in the fourth quarter to maybe try to get them to run some clock by having to return the ball? Yeah, yeah, we we, we talked about that. Um, and again, you know, I'm just going to put it on the execution at this point and, 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 and myself, Jay, I'm just going to leave it at that. Gabe Davis, uh, 200 yards receiving four touchdowns. What can you say about the job that he did for you tonight? Yeah, I looked at him on the sideline and I said, Hey, you're going to make the play. And, uh, and he darn sure made two big time plays for us down the stretch there. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Sean. Sure. Hey coach. Um, just wanted to go over the 17 play scoring drive. Um, three third down conversions, two fourth down conversions, including the touchdown. Not that this team needed to prove anything to you, but just the kind of metal and guts that they showed on that 17 play scoring drive. Yeah. Tremendous, Chris. Uh, Tremendous. I mean, we knew it was, we were going to have to be very resilient out here with the, the environment, the way it is and, and how good of a team they are. And, and I'm was super proud of the way the guys were that through the course of the game, the highs and lows. And, um, so yeah. Thanks coach. Hell of a season. Thanks. Yeah, Sean, uh, just again on the 13 uh, seconds uh, left, was there any discussion of maybe just taking an intentional penalty by the defensive backs, uh, you know, grabbing, holding intentional to church, just uh, one time to kill four or five seconds. Yeah. We talk about a lot of those things, Mark. And um, yeah. So a lot, a lot was being talked about there. And, and again, we come back, it goes back to, comes back to me. Thank you. That's all we have. Thanks coach. Thanks. Sean McDermott's press conference is brought to you by Highmark Blue Cross Blue Shield of Western New York, the official health plan of the Buffalo Bills. All right, that was head coach Sean McDermott, and I, I can't even think about what's probably running through his mind right now as a head coach, but you were in some really close games. You were in the Super Bowl games. You were in playoff games to get to the Super Bowl. I mean, when you lose a close game like that where you put it all on the line, when you throw out all the stops from a coaching standpoint of things, what is what is your mindset after the game? What are some of the things that run through your mind as you're kind of starting to process the crazy game that you just went through as well as the season that you had? Well, it takes some time, no question about it. You've got so much of your heart and soul invested into the game and how it goes and then to have it come up just so short and it I'll tell you this games like this are actually easy hard they're harder to get over than the blowouts yeah. um, these are these stick with you for a while and certainly the loss last year in the AFC championship game hurt because it was one step away from the Super Bowl uh, but games like this are the ones that kind of stick with you and uh, I think also for for the Kansas City Chiefs, this is also a win that can propel them. This is a win that can really be a springboard for them. They used to beat a really good football team in a tough situation. Certainly the game's at home. But, man, but man oh, man, they got hit in the mouth a couple of times late, and they responded. So they've got to feel really good about it. And for the Bills, you know, certainly you can walk away. Once you kind of get over the loss and stuff, you can walk away thinking, man, you know, there's really no excuse. You left, you left it all out there. You got, you got beat by a really, really good football team. And... Uh, so, when you do get past the initial 
you know, emotional pain of, of losing a game like this, you still feel really good about being a game that was this fantastic for fans and ever, of both teams watching it that had some of the most amazing moments of the season. Um, so you can take that with you, but it's always going to stick with you. Yeah, it's, you, it, this, it sticks around for a long, long time. Yeah, you said unlike a blowout, this game is a little bit harder to get over. And do you think also unlike a blowout, this is the type of game where you're going to coulda, woulda, shoulda yourself for a while, knowing that 13 seconds was too much time for Patrick Mahomes, knowing that maybe you should have picked another side of the coin as they're going right. to, the, to overtime. I mean, there's so many little finite details that you can play the coulda, woulda, shoulda game in your mind, and I wonder if some of these players are going to be doing that tonight and, and weeks down the road. I know you sh- you shouldn't because you put it out there. You put your best game on display. Josh Allen put his best game on display. But some of the little details towards the end of the game, I mean, I would be like, I should I should yeah. pick the other co- the other side of the coin. It's human nature, and everybody does it. Fans do it all the time because they don't have any control over what happened in the game. The players do, and they they'll do it some, but they also know that hey, you got to run the play that was called, or you got to make play the technique. And hey, that guy's really good, and I should you know maybe small things like that. The guys will remember, but for the most part. Uh, fans do that more than the players do because the players are focused on the here and now. All right, well, let's hear from some of our defensive players right now. Let's send it over to Jordan Poyer. Uh, hi, Mike. Hi, Jordan. This is Jay with the Buffalo News. Uh, can you give us any insight uh, from your perspective as to what happened at the end of regulation when they had uh, 13 seconds taking over? Uh, were there communication issues or anything that you can kind of point to that they were able to get down into field goal range uh, that quickly? Um, <clears throat> I, yeah, to be honest, I, 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 I really don't know. I, mean, I just feel like it was happened so fast. We, we got our call in, and, and um, they were making some chunks on us. I, I wish I had a better answer for you. Uh, we just didn't didn't get up and, and contest the, the throws they were making. Yeah, uh, Mike, and listen, I apologize. Uh, I think I'm speaking for everyone. We weren't really able to hear that. Um, I don't know if there's somebody from PR that could maybe, if the mics are on or anything like that, but. Can you hear this? Yeah, that's a lot better. Uh, Thank you, Jordan. And and, uh, again, I apologize for having to ask again. Um, Just the, the, the idea of not being able to get off the field after the offense had had given you the lead. I I can only imagine the the mood and the you know the the emotion in the locker room. But if you could, as team leaders, could you take us inside of that and just tell us a little bit about what the team is feeling and uh, after that result? Yeah, I mean, obviously not the way we wanted it in our season. Um, Frick, man, that was uh, offense did everything they had to do. Defense, we just had to go out there and make a stop. Weren't able to do it. Um, it's just uh, it's a tough feeling, man. Um, it's just a really tough feeling. Hard to put in words. Um, it sucks. Um, you know, something that someone got to live with, someone got to learn from. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your time. Micah and Jordan, uh, Pat Freeman from the Beat 105.5. 
what are the feelings uh, in the locker room after a game like that and knowing uh, that there are so many changes at the pro level that this is the last time that this group of teammates will play together uh, again? Uh, what What's the feeling in the locker room? Well, uh, can you hear me? Can you hear me okay? Yep, I can hear you. <clears throat> um, yeah, that's something you don't really think about until um, you obviously played the last last snap and you're walking off the field and you realize, um, you know, it's the NFL. You don't have the, the same roster each and every year, um, coaches included. You know, we've, we've been together for – a lot of us have been together for five years. Um and you know that might not be the case. So, you know, I, I think it's it's beyond football. You know, we we're really really like brothers in the locker room. We we celebrated, we failed together, we cried together, we laughed together you know, throughout the years. And then you know, when something like that happens, um, it's again, it's a hard way to go out. Um, it's tough stuff, man. Uh. Jordan, your thoughts on that? What were your feelings in the locker room? Yeah, I mean, I think Micah said it. You know, it's tough. You know, you know every season, you know, roster moves, changes. Um, So, you know, I don't know. I don't know what this team's going to look like next year, but it probably isn't going to look the same. Um, You know, that's the hard part about it. You grind all season with, you know, like Micah said, with some guys been here five years, four years, three years, you know, together. Um, you know, you work so hard and you want it so bad. Uh, it's tough. Um, you know, like I said, it's something that, uh, you know, each individual will learn from. Um, and, and, you know, it's going to sting for a little while, um, sting for a long time, actually. Um, but, you know, we'll, uh, we'll continue to stay motivated. Um, you know, proud of the guys, uh, in the locker room, just a, a great group of guys to, to play with and to be around and to, and to go to war with every weekend. Um, resilient group, uh, just didn't get it done today. And, you know, it's, uh, it's tough. Thank you both. Hey, Jordan, John Warrell with the AP. Just um, wondering, Sean McDermott was just on here talking about how everybody's sick to, uh, sick to their stomachs and how much it hurts and what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. As, as encouraging as those words might sound, how difficult is it to accept that reality right right now that that something this this will make this team stronger in the end? I'm, I'm confused with what your question is. How it, 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 can, can, can you can you look ahead and, and accept that this as, as much as it hurts right now that this could have a benefit to you in the long run? You know, I think uh, everything that happens in life is a, is a lesson and you either grow from it or you die from it. Um, you know, like I said, we got a lot of resilient guys on this football team. Um, a lot of guys that have, have been in the league a long time, who some who haven't. And by the end of the day, you know, we didn't get on, we didn't come on top today and, you know, we got to learn from it and you got to use that. You know, I don't know. We said that last year, you know, use it going into the off season. Um, and, you know, I don't want to say it again this year, um, but, you know, it's something that something that you're going to have to feed off in the off season um, and continue to learn from. And, uh, you know, this one's going to hurt for a little while.
Hey guys, uh, I know you already addressed the speed that those guys can put on the field, which is obvious to everybody that's watching. You guys pride yourself on being a fundamentally sound group. How much does the speed that they have, though, challenge your fundamentals? Because even if you're in perfect position and you execute perfect fundamentally, their speed sometimes still beats that. Is that some of what you guys experienced? Yeah, for sure. For sure. There were some calls that uh, we had a great call by backstage. Um, and, you know, we were able to, you know, be there to almost make the play. You know, obviously almost doesn't get the job done. Um, you know, I'm thinking about that that long pass and towards the end of the fourth quarter, we tend to get to the house. Um, you know, the, the, the fast guys understand that, you know, sticks out on tape. Every, every game you watch them, um, you know, I felt like we limited them most of the game on, on those big explosive plays. And, and then, you know, okay. we just got out the gate. And, you know, we, like I said, we take pride in, in not doing that. And, and that's why it hurts even more just because, you know, we're able to allow them to do that. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Hell of a season. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde talking about how they went into the offseason last year wanting to use this game as fuel, but you can probably only do that so many times when you're losing to the same team that knocks you out of the postseason. So as someone who has been there and who knows how to be motivated for the offseason, I mean, how did you guys use different things as fuel, knowing that what Jordan Poyer says is, you know, you want to use things as fuel, but it's tough to say, hey, I want to use the same thing as fuel that I used last season. Yeah, it's you got to find ways to motivate yourself, no question. And right after a loss like this, hard to do. But, man, oh, man, it's, um, it's, it's, stick, it, it's even harder the second time because you did do so many things well. The game was so different than it was a year ago. Uh, the Bills come back and give themselves a chance to win it. And then to have the Chiefs come back and make the plays necessary to win the game, to put it out of reach, or and in overtime. Unbelievable job by them. Unbelievable job by the Bills offense as well. This defense, after being ranked number one points against something, it, it's particularly painful for them because, you know, they there's got to be a lot of pride in that room about the season they put together. And to have it blow up in their face at the very end of that game the way it did, it's got to be really heartbreaking and tough to take. Yeah, most definitely. This defense doesn't normally allow 42 points or over 500 total yards. Uh, but somebody who does do that frequently is Josh Allen. He is the first quarterback in NFL history with nine touchdown passes and no interceptions in consecutive playoff games. He's now answering questions in the Zoom room. So let's send it over to Josh. Josh, obviously, um, you know, the, the early reviews are this was one of the greatest playoff games ever played. Obviously, you guys didn't come out on the right side of it. Uh, what were the feelings in the locker room after everything you went through down the stretch? Obviously, uh, we're, we're disappointed. Um, wanted to win that game. Obviously, everybody wants to win that game. There's only going to be one, one champion crowned at the end of the season. So that makes 31 unhappy teams. And, um, you know, hats off. To the, to the Chiefs and what they did today. You know, Pat played amazing. Um, got a lot of respect for him and, and the Chiefs as a whole. Um, you know, they made they made one more play than we did. And that's, uh, that's what it came down to. Um, but I'm proud of our guys, how we fought, how we battled, how we came uh, came through and persevered over some things throughout the, the course of this game and the course of the season. Um, you know, and 
it obviously it, it hurts and you, know, you don't like feeling like this especially uh back-to-back years at the same place um uh yeah so we, we got to find a way uh to be better next year and and to accomplish what we want to accomplish uh gabriel four touchdowns nobody's ever done that in the playoffs before i mean what was it about your guys's connection um in this game and why it works so well I mean, we were just, whoever had the opportunity to make a play, we were going to make it. And I had a lot of opportunities tonight and was able to uh, execute on those, uh, on those throws. Thanks. Hey, Josh. Uh, hey, Josh. I uh, wanted to ask you about those last couple of minutes, or I guess I should say about the last, you know, fourth quarter plus uh, the offense seemed to be able to do whatever it wanted. And that has to be an incredibly powerful feeling. Um, Can you take us into that feel, whatever rhythm you guys were in or whatever you were seeing out there uh, and take us maybe through that, um, that that whole sequence. Yeah, man, I think it started up front. Um, Our front five did an outstanding job today against a, a really, really good defensive front. Um, and then you look at outside, our guys are making plays, unbelievable catches, getting bees involved. Um, Gabe making some some unbelievable catches there. Obviously, four touchdowns. You think he went eight for 200-something. With, but that's video game numbers, you know. So um, we had our opportunities. We made, we made some plays, um, but not enough to get the job done. Oh, that was it. I think I got muted because we have some background noise here, but no follow-up from me. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Josh, obviously you were able to connect with Gabe throughout the night. Is there anything they were doing, though, to take away Stefan that you guys couldn't connect more tonight? Yeah, I mean, I think they had a good plan. Um, doubling him, you know, especially on these some of these third downs, rolling the safety over the top, playing too high. Um, and usually when, when you try to take away somebody and put two guys on, on on 14 it opens up things for the other guys and um again gabe had his opportunity tonight and he made some outstanding plays and uh even cole making some some great plays getting everybody involved um yeah i mean that's that's what it came down to and yeah and then gabe can you take us through the two touchdowns um after the two-minute warning Oh uh, yeah, I mean we're just again. I I talk about this all the time, but you know when your number is called, you have to make the play. And I knew that it was going to be a, a night like that tonight, especially knowing that we have guys like you know Stefan Diggs and Kobe that will be getting double more often than than I would. So I was just prepared for any anything coming my way, and I was able to again you know uh, make most of the plays that were called. Hey, Josh, um, as you were walking off the field, you seemed to kind of be taking it in and looking around. What were kind of your thoughts as you walked off the field tonight? Yeah, I mean, um, it was was tough, you know, to to be in that moment. Um, Again, had a lot of respect for for Pat. You know, he throws a winning touchdown and he comes straight over and finds me, um, you know, to, to be in that situation and to do that, that's, that was pretty cool of him to, to do that. And, um, you know, just obviously it sucks the way, way it happened. Um, you know, we, we wanted to win that game. We had our opportunities and, um, yeah, I, I taking it all in and hoping, holding on to that feeling and, 
uh, making sure that, you know, we don't, we don't feel like this again. And, uh, you know, like I said, back to back years in the same spot, um, it's tough to take in, but, you know, it's part of the game. It's part of the learning process. And we got to, again, we got to use this and figure out how we can be better and um, how we can, uh, you know, accomplish what we want to accomplish. Hey, Josh, Jason Wolf with the Buffalo News. Appreciate your time, man. Heck of a performance, heck of a season. Um, what are you thinking? What's going through your head when you hit Gabe with 13 seconds to play to take the lead? Are, are, are you thinking at that point, hey, we got this, you know, we're hosting the AFC title game next week? What are you thinking then? How unbelievable was that? Um, thinking, you know, Pat Mahomes on the other side. Um, you know, they – they made some some good plays there at the end, and uh, unfortunately, the coin toss went the way it went. Um, but I mean, again, scoring with 13 seconds left, it, it's that was, that was unbelievable play by him. Our our you know front five blocking the way they did uh, on fourth down, I believe. Um, again, I'm 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 super proud of our guys throughout the season, the ups and downs, and I know it's it's disappointing right now. It hurts right now. Um, and you know you can say it's gonna it's gonna be better. We're gonna learn from this, and it's it's very cliche, and nobody wants to hear that. But um, I truly believe that this this unit will learn from this. You know we've got a, a pretty young squad, uh, a lot of guys coming back next year, and um, again we just got to use this as fuel fuel for the fire. As a uh, quick follow up, you mentioned the coin flip. Obviously, the rules are what they are. Um, how do you feel about? not getting the opportunity to touch the ball in overtime. Yeah, it's, the rules are what they are, and I can't complain about that because if it was the other way around, um, you know, we'd be we'd be celebrating too. So um, it is what it is at this point. Um, and we just we didn't make enough plays tonight. And just real quick, Gabe, what, what's it like for you to have essentially you know, one of the great games of your life, but then to be sitting there disappointed with the result? Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> it's hard to uh, to be able to celebrate that when when something like that happens because at the end of the day, you know, this is a team game, and you want your team, you know, to keep going and keep playing to win the Super Bowl and move forward. And you know, I was looking forward to having the the AFC Championship, you know, at home too as well. And we didn't get that job done today, and you know, it's it's upsetting. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate you both. Yeah. Hey, Gabe. Um, can you just comment on that 17-play drive, just the guts your quarterback showed with all of those third-down and fourth-down conversions in addition to, uh, you know, being on the other end of a lot of those to kind of come through for him? Yeah, exactly. I mean, 17 is always going to make a play with a ball in his hand. Uh, we got a lot of trust and faith in him. Um, you know, he's the best quarterback in the NFL, and I stand by that. And I know that uh, when, when, when it's time to make plays, I know he's going to be there to make them. Thanks, guys. Dr. Josh Mookie Hawkins, Wonderful Sports Center, Andy, man. Great game out there today. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, uh, 25 points, man, in the final two minutes of that game. Can you just explain to us what was the emotional roller coaster like? I mean, just to have patience, just to, you know, battle for battle, toe for toe, ball for blow. Just Could you just run through that emotional roller coaster, if you will? Yeah, I mean, um, just win the game. That's that's what it comes down to, and um, it takes takes everybody. It takes all fifty three or fifty five guys on the roster. I mean, no, I think it's fifty three now or fifty five, whatever it is. It takes everybody on our team from our practice squad, um, 
to the people in the organization in the building to you know our, our cafeteria uh you know people upstairs you know and again I'm, I'm proud of how we handled this season um from top down you know working with all the covid rules early on not in, not letting that used as a, to be used as a distraction um you know, and I'm super proud of our organization for, again, bringing the guys that we've brought in. Um, but again, that, you know, it, you win some, you lose some at the end of the day and you can't win them all. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll learn from this one. Absolutely, man. And, um, you know, I know it's still fresh, but how would this loss challenge you guys to get better for next season? Um, you got that one. <laughs> Um, you know, it just it's just gonna leave that bad taste in our mouth. Um, I know it'll be something I'll be thinking about for the, until the next season starts again because you you know that there's still gonna be games going on and the Super Bowl's gonna be played and you know you're gonna see it on TV and know you should have been in that position. So it's definitely gonna have people with a chip on the shoulder coming into next year, and um, you know just being ready to play our ball that we know we can play. No matter the outcome, guys, they put some respect on your name just tonight. Way to play. Yes, sir. Thank you. That'll do it for tonight. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. I like Josh Allen's comments there at the end saying this is a young team. A lot of these guys are going to return next season, and I believe that we can learn from this. And that's certainly what you want to do after an epic game like this after a game where so many things started to go your way uh, at the final stretch there. But ultimately ends up in a loss. You can pick a lot of things out of this season, out of the playoffs, find things that you want to work on, find things that really went well for this team uh, toward the end of the season and the beginning of the season, whenever it was, and want to continue that into the next season. But Josh is right. There are a lot of pieces that are going to be returning. This is not a one-and-done thing for this roster. The makeup of this roster is going to stay really close to how it was this past season. Of course, there's free agency. Of course, there's the draft. Of course, we'll have to say goodbye to some guys, um, but there's going to be a lot of familiar faces when you look at this roster next season, and I think that's a really positive thing because we just had the number one defense. We had a top five offense, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and a bevy of weapons that are really hard to guard for opposing defenses. Yeah, and it's, it stings right now, particularly, you know, you say you know, we had the number one defense and, that, and they faced a Chiefs offense that, you know, throws up 540 point, 500 yards and 40 points on them. And, but – that's what it takes. That's what it's going to take. They got to. They've got to play like. They've got to have a defense like this one to take mm-hmm. that next step. Um, certainly, the Chiefs' offense was is a juggernaut. We all know it. Um, the two guys, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, along with Miko Hardman, um, and the rest with Pat Mahomes, of course. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, it's a tough offense to stop. Not very many people can do it, and nobody's been able to do it for the last month and a half. The Cincinnati Bengals gave up 31 points to those guys and lost and won in overtime. They got a coin flip. So uh, all that stuff, yeah, it's going to be a different team, though. And I said it last year after the fantastic year we had where we, out of the blue the Bills go to the AFC Championship game, go 13-3, and win two home playoff games against the Colts and against the uh, Baltimore Ravens. They go to Kansas City and lose there. It was a much different club this year. And in some ways, 
Uh, they got better in other ways, maybe not so much. They're in, they were an inconsistent squad this year, mm-hmm. although uh, I think defensively, statistically speaking, they were way better than they were a year yeah. ago. Uh, we've got young players that are going to come back. There's going to be a lot of players that are going to be right where they are right now here in Buffalo, but there's also going to be some new guys. A lot of guys' contracts are running out. Levi Wallace was on a one-year deal. Isaiah McKenzie was on a one-year deal. Guys like that, uh, it remains to be seen whether they're here or not or somewhere else. It'll be a different team next year. It's just a reality. And it's up to Sean McDermott and the coaching staff to bring them in and make them everything they can be and and take one more step. It's my least favorite thing possible is saying bye to some of these awesome players that we've had on the team and and welcoming new players in. That's a very exciting part. But I want this team to be the same every single year. But when a team is different, that means that a team can start to inch closer and closer toward their real goal, which is making it to the Super Bowl and winning a Super Bowl. I think they have a lot of pieces in place that they can get there. Maybe next year is their year, but they're going to head into the offseason here, learning from the mistakes, learning from this game uh but great group great squad great coaching staff they put something that was really fun together to watch this season and to watch them come back from some of those inconsistencies like you said and plow into the postseason that last stretch those final four games of the regular season uh, some high powered high flying offense that we were watching and and a lot of it was so fun and think about the offensive performance they had in the playoffs seven straight touchdown drives they didn't punt they they absolutely crushed the New England Patriots, and then they go into Kansas City in one of those hostile environments against one of the greatest offenses in the league, and they take them to overtime and light it up. Um, fun team, great team this year. It was a great season. Obviously, a disappointing end. Uh, we're going to be like we're going to be one of 31 other teams that are disappointed in the way their season ended. But uh, lots to look forward to next year. And this is a team, I think, no question, Bills fans, Bills Mafia everywhere, very proud of. Yep, the Bills will be back, and they will likely somehow at some place or sometime be playing the Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> in the playoffs because it seems like they're just going to have to get through them to play in the Super the Bowl. The goal now, I think, is to play them in Buffalo rather than Kansas City. I believe that. I agree with that. Hopefully that's the case for next season. But we just want to thank you guys for tuning in after every single Bills game this season. Enjoy your offseason, but for us, there's really no offseason because we go straight into free agency, basically, and then the NFL draft <laughs> is right around the corner. Uh, but we hope you enjoy the rest of your offseason. Enjoy the games that are ahead. Bummer that the Buffalo Bills won't be a part of them, but we want to thank you for tuning in, and make sure you Check out MSG at 1130 where we will have more sound, some highlights, and break this game down a little bit more. For Steve Tasker, I'm Maddie Glab. We will see you all next season.